0: guys, Mike Hill here, and you are listening to the Everything Went Black podcast. Welcome Angelo Richardson. He's the Ammo Fight League welterweight champ and also one of the coaches at Golden Falcon Gym over in West Haven, Connecticut. One of the best MMA training facilities uh, in New England, in my opinion. Angelo took some time this afternoon after training to talk about his journey through the martial arts lifestyle and how he ended up fighting. And, um, yeah, it's a really fun hang. Angelo's a great guy, and uh, he says some really cool little gems of knowledge for anyone out there who's looking to embark on this sort of thing. This episode, like all episodes, is brought to you by Savage Gold Coffee. Head over to savagegoldcoffee.com and pick up a bag. Also, like to give a shout-out to our affiliate sponsors on it. If you're into throwing kettlebells around, taking supplements – and eating cool things like cacao and weird nut butters, you can go to, uh, you can, to one of the portals over on uh, the everythingwithblackmedia.com website. You'll see that there's two portals. Click on the portal, pick up a couple of items, and you help out keeping the lights on around here. I'd like to thank everyone who's been supporting us on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you can make a big difference here and uh, just keep things moving forward. For regular listeners, I've um, described what I've done with this money. For anyone new, I took some of this cash and I shot a pilot a couple of weeks ago for what I'm hoping is going to turn into a show, which is related to this podcast. So you know, I'm not just taking your money and spending it on booze and drugs. I'm actually putting it to pretty cool use, trying to keep this media moving forward, just trying to have some fun and put some good content out there for you guys. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Mike Hill HQ, Instagram everything Went black underscore Mike Hill, and on Facebook, you can either follow the Facebook uh, Everything Went Black page or you can follow me, Michael Hill. So I'm here at Golden Falcon Gym with Angelo Richardson, who recently won the welterweight title in AMO MMA. Yeah, how's, how's it going, man? It's going good, man.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Good, tra- good training today? Yeah, yeah. beating me up a little bit, appreciate Dude, it. Dude, I think you beat me up a little bit today, too, man. <laughs> heavy, heavy clinch work, you know? It's all good. But um, are you originally from Connecticut, or you grew up somewhere else?
1: No, uh, so I actually, I uh, was born in Dover, Delaware, um, when I was, I guess, about, from what I'm told, when I was about two or three, my mom kidnapped me, took me to Connecticut. Uh, kidnap, I guess, isn't the right word. <laughs> <laughs> but I came with my mom to Bridgeport, and I lived in Bridgeport for most of my younger years. Went back and forth between here and Delaware just to visit family and stuff like that, but I've spent most of my life here. Did a brief stint in college back in Delaware, but other than that, I've been here pretty uh, pretty much my whole life.
0: So when did you start in martial arts?
1: I started martial arts when I was six or seven. Uh, I was like a really just kind of awkward kid, um, just because I think maybe because I, I moved around a lot, I didn't. I didn't have a great time making friends, so I was kind of to myself. I was like one of those kids that was like six and liked reading rather than like playing and stuff like that. Was that. the same as me. I, I was <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah, comics and yeah. didn't really hang out that much. Exactly, yeah. So I was one of those awkward kids. Uh, and, you know, kids, if you're different than other kids, they kind of single you out a little bit. So I was definitely singled out a little bit, got picked on a lot. Um, and then one of the kids, you know, I was messing with me, ended up, you know, being physical, you know what I mean? Like bullying yeah. me physically and stuff like that. And uh, my mom didn't like that, so we tried Taekwondo, you know, as a solution. Um, didn't work. Still getting bullied, you know what I mean? But I loved it. I was having fun with it, you know. And rather than rather than help me, uh, like, fight or anything like that, it helped me have, like, a little thing that I really liked to kind of take my mind off what I was going through at the time.
0: So and that's you, how it started. You probably met some, like, you know, people you had stuff in common with, too, I imagine, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, not so much as a kid. Like, as a kid, I was... Um, I was like su- super analytical. So even when I would go to the gym, I'd be kind of super focused on the techniques and stuff like that. I didn't really know how to talk to people, um, you know, because I didn't have like, I wasn't like, was with my dad and stuff like that. My mom right. had to work a lot. Okay. So a lot of like learning how to interact with people was just like kind of learning as I go. So I was super awkward at first, even at the gym. I was having fun, you know, I was more natural, but I still was a little while before I made some friends.
0: Were, were you an only child um, or didn't brother and sisters? No,
1: I, 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 do, I did have a sister. Yeah, yeah, I do have a sister. I have younger brothers too. Um, I have a brother that lives in Delaware. My sister lives in Connecticut, and my brother, my smallest brother, lives in Connecticut as well. So we're pretty spaced apart. So for a while, it was kind of like being an only child.
0: Now, um, did, you, did you get into, because I know you're, you're, you know, jiu-jitsu is like your excellent grappler and all that. So did you get into wrestling, too, or was that something that came later?
1: No, I really wish I did. I went to a tech high school, and they didn't have wrestling. So I, I, I wasn't really able to get into wrestling until I actually started doing MMA. And then that's when I started wrestling. Oh,
0: okay, so it came later then.
1: Yeah, came a lot later. I was about 17.
0: So did you stick with uh, with Taekwondo like through your younger years, or did you do, you know, sort of like, you know, was it something that you did to the black belt level? Or no, you... no, no,
1: no, I wish I did. I really, okay. actually, I still would kind of wish I'd, uh, I don't use a lot of Taekwondo anymore, but it was just a good athletic base.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I, I did like, I just liked the whole concept of martial arts, so I did Taekwondo and then I did Capoeira after that. Um. I did, I did that for a few years. Took a break when I started playing football. I played football a few years. And then as soon as I was done with that, I went right back into jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, and MMA, boxing, all that stuff.
0: So where did you start uh, jiu-jitsu? I
1: started, I started with a, a man by the name of Alan Cicchetti in Delaware. This was actually during when I was in my little stint in college back oh, in right. Delaware. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I got my start there, had my first fight there, and then came back here. I linked up with these guys here, that's uh, the Golden Falcon Gym, Team yeah. Falcon, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't at the time because we were we were, we were kind of at Henzo's, we were at Henzo
0: oh, Gracies. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. okay. What's that? is that West Haven's, That was called. Yeah. Yeah
1: yeah. yeah, 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 West Haven, Henzo Gracies, and I stayed there for a little bit,
0: and then yeah, my timeline is all messed up. <laughs> oh, so this whole operation here used to be out of the Gracie Academy down there, is that? No. You know? So okay. Yeah. So, all so, right. So let's let's get yeah. the background together here.
1: So um, when I came back from. When I came back from Delaware, uh, I left there because I wasn't super happy with the situation. And I was kind of, I was in college, um, and it was kind of a promise I made to my mom. I was like, hey, I'm definitely going to do it. You know, it was important to her. It was important to me, too. Uh, But I was more interested in the training always, you know. I I wanted to do more of it. And I kind of formulated a way for me to come back here, still finish school, but train with, you know, a group of people that I thought it would be better for me in the long run. So uh, I left Delaware, moved back with my mom here, and then I went to Henzo's. I was there for, I think, maybe two or three years. I uh, had a few fights, and I won a few, some good stuff, um, and then decided to leave there. Uh, and then I went to another school called Speed School.
0: Oh yeah, I hear that name thrown around a lot, guys, at this gym. Yeah, okay. so, so, right.
1: so we were at Speed School for a brief period, probably about a year and a half, maybe two years. And we were just kind of doing our own thing. We didn't have like a lot of direction uh we were just kind of figuring it out you know we were just a group of guys you know who were friends we wanted to stay together somehow but we weren't happy where we were at and then um Muhammad came along and then that kind of changed how we were doing things you know so we were kind of started following Muhammad's lead okay. with what he wanted to do and then he wanted to make a gym and so he opened this place and now here we are so we all came with him we decided we wanted to stay together so we left speed school we're here at Golden Falcon and Speed. To be to be clear, Speed School was not an MMA gym per se. It okay. was a uh, it was a sports performance facility. Oh, okay. So yeah. it was very much a transitionary type thing. Like they the had like, like you, you know, know
0: like like uh, you know the CrossFit type stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Hot like, you know, object kind of shit. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was more geared toward helping
1: college athletes kind of reach the next level. So it was great in that that aspect. Is that we had great strength and conditioning facilities and in right. ter- in, indoor turf field, but we didn't have a lot of other resources as far as martial arts went.
0: You know. So, I mean, was that like a kind of like a fight team there, just like a bunch of guys who were, you know, training there but were interested in MMA, but it, it wasn't yeah. – did you guys compete while you were there? Yeah, no,
1: we did. We did. Okay. We were competing. We just were kind of teaching and coaching ourselves, ah, I you see. know. Okay. So not the best situation, but, you know, it was just kind of what we did just to stay together somehow, you know. We couldn't bear we, – we couldn't we couldn't stay where we were at any longer, Right. Um, and we had to do something. But we, you know, so it was, again, like people say transitionary jobs where they, sure. you know, you get a job at, Mc, not to say uh, in a bad way, but you get a job at McDonald's. Yeah. And on, yeah. just so you can make some money until you're onto something better. Yeah, get you know on to the I mean? next yeah. chapter of yeah. everything. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it was very much that type of thing.
0: And then uh, Muhammad Lemon Jardine showed up at speed school. Yep. And that sort of was like the catalyst to pulling the team together, I guess, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. It was more... Uh, you know, it just it is just a good fit. You know, okay. like um, when he you know when he came, he kind of had a lot of experience as far as fighting. Yeah, uh, mostly muay thai, but we kind of already had grappling covered, so it was more just the um, you know he brought experience but also mindset to the training. You know what I mean? Like we we're gonna train this way and we're gonna train for this long and right. you know we're gonna have this type of attitude about it, and that kind of really brought us up to it kind of like another level, you know. And then we really started to outgrow what we had at Speed School, which is what led to this gym.
0: Yeah, the vibe here is a lot different than a lot of other places I train at, too. There is definitely, um, like, a definitely a serious tone to what we're doing here, but also, like, there's a, a friendliness that I don't really experience, especially in a lot of the gyms down in New York and whatnot. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely think that's that's yeah, a good vibe here, completely. You know? um, yeah, I'm happy to hear that, and that that's definitely something we pride ourselves on. We have this community, uh, vibe. You know, it it gets thrown around sometimes, but I really do think we have kind of like a family atmosphere. You know what I mean? Um, you could be here for one day, and you could feel like you've been here for a while. Yeah, you know? no, totally. a good test. to um, that. That's just kind of that's just kind of what allowed us to stay together. You know what I mean? So if it, if we lose that, we lose a big part of what made us want to be here in the first place. So it's very important that, that we maintain that. We take the training very seriously, but we also, you know, we, you know we, that we laugh a lot. Oh, know? yeah. And we have a good time. Remember that we're here because we love it, not because someone's forcing us to be here. And, uh, you, know, you know, we say you, you, people are more than welcome, but we want to make people feel like we want them to be here, too. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, 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 I think we're successful in that regard. And as long as we stay successful in that regard, we'll continue to grow. And, uh, and we'll have low egos as well, too, which also helps.
0: Well, additionally to that, you, there's three belts here now. Yes. And we got you, yep. got Welterweight, mm-hmm. Amo, and we got two other guys too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so there's Dan Dubuque, just one
1: training partner, great guy. Uh, very selfless, you know, very, very willing to help. Um, and he just captured the Cage Titans 155 uh, lightweight professional belt over, you know, great opponent, great team. But he's just, uh, you know, he's super on point, man. I mean, he's fucking... Oh, can I, can I curse? Is that all Go right? Go yeah, yeah, feel free to express <laughs> yourself, man. As a fucking bloodbath. Um, over a great opponent, too, yeah. but he was just so on point. Uh, really a testament to his level of professional training and just what he put into it. And then Alex Ortiz, who's fighting uh, in June, and he also captured a belt, and there'll be more belts on the way. So,
0: you know, again, we're just just trying to get better and better. Now, Cage Titans—that's a—it's that's a pro. Or, that was a pro uh, fight, right? It was pro. Yep. Yeah, pro was, title. Yeah. One of the um, competitors on this season of the Ultimate Fighter is a uh, former or competed in Cage Titans. Aren't yeah, they? Giannetti. Yeah, yeah. yeah former
1: Giannetti. champ yeah. Giannetti. Yeah. Dan was actually originally going to fight him, and then Giannetti ended up getting the call to the Ultimate Fighter. So, yeah, no, he, yeah, it's Cage Titans is actually if, if you know if anyone's listening that's from the Northeast, man. If you're not watching Cage Titans, you're missing out on the best talent in the northeast these guys are those guys are incredible really and a lot of these guys you'll see in the ufc
0: eventually too yeah. so i think dan dubuque's one of them that's awesome that'd be great if you made it up there yeah he definitely can man um one of the things i wanted to talk about is uh like when you when you first started competing you said you had a fight and training was it a jiu-jitsu match or was it an mma fight like which came first or did they happen at the same or do you do you even tra- uh, compete jiu-jitsu only
1: yeah yeah so um like my first martial arts competition in general or just like the Well, I mean, did you do anything in taekwondo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah.
0: You know, it's the tournament type stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but in terms of like when I was an adult and I yeah, was getting as an into adult. Yeah. I started in jiu-jitsu for sure. I did it. I actually was um I was more into the jiu-jitsu cool. at first. Uh, I didn't like striking. That was I think that was more because I didn't understand it as well, you know, and who really likes getting hit.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think anyone really, <laughs> really likes getting punched in the face. I mean, if, if you do, then I I don't know, man. It's... <laughs> Maybe Justin Gaethje likes getting punched yeah, in the face. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
1: but yeah, I started with Jiu-Jitsu. And then I, I went into MMA after that. Um, and my first MMA fight, man, I actually got the piss beat out of me. It was terrible. I was not was not prepared. It was not anything like I thought it would be. Really? I thought it would be awesome. I'd go in there, fucking <laughs> jump off the cage, kick somebody in the face, get my hand raised, walk out. You know? it's not what happened. I got the piss beat out of me for nine minutes. Uh, I ended up, like, throwing up in the bathroom. My whole my friends and family came from, like, far away. I fought in Virginia the first time. Wow. And in Virginia, even as an amateur, they allow you to throw elbows and knees to the head, which is usually not allowed in amateurs. So I was, like, elbowing. We were elbowing each other, kneeing each other. Uh, and, you know, naturally, my family didn't. Yeah, you know, they weren't they weren't too thrilled yeah, about it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's that's an easy way to get cut. Yeah, like throwing elbows and yeah. all that
2: sort
0: of stuff. Yeah, you know,
1: eighteen. Well, they'd never seen me do anything like that either. Eighteen year old kid who had a history of getting bullied and being quiet. You don't think it's gonna go well for him, and it didn't. <laughs> it definitely didn't. So, but yeah, there's something about it. I don't know. I didn't want to give up on it.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. I mean, a lot of a lot of that's sort of like a pivotal moment, really. If you think about it, it's like, you know, there's in in life, you know, there's like experiences that are sort of you can, you can either give up or not give up or continue, so what was it about MMA that like, like what did you ever think about not doing it again after getting beat up like that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought about it I thought about a lot like, I don't, I don't want to say long and hard but definitely after getting your ass kicked like that um, I kind of wanted to just run away from it all but the reality was up to that point I kind of realized that, you know, all through my young life I had been basically running away from stuff, you know, like I had been running away from bullies and other tough shit in my life like you know my like my parents not being together and stuff and I just I don't know it kind of felt like I had to take a stand here and uh, I kept you know kept doing it and I did like it i I, to be fair it, it is something I liked and it kind of spoke to me on some level like when you're I do feel that when you're like when you're out and about and you're just doing your day-to-day thing and you're buying coffee or when you're at the store you're you're putting up some sort of mask, right? Like you're acting in accordance to society, right. you know. And when you fight, you can kind of, you kind of strip the bear in a way, you know. It's it's like whatever, whatever is the real you comes out in that moment, and that's that's a very liberating feeling. So I was drawn to that as well, and that's you know just a lot of different things made me want to keep going with it.
0: Uh, yeah. Now, do you see a difference between say martial arts and fighting? Yes. Uh, yeah. So.
1: I mean, I think, I mean, martial arts is for the purpose of fighting, for sure. Um, But I'm going to actually quote, I'm going to quote Matt Brown on this. But, you know, there's a difference between martial skills and martial arts. So martial skills is what we're working on in the gym, right? We're punching and we're kicking and we're learning these tools. And the martial art part is how I choose to put that together, you know, how I choose to mix and match that. And, uh, that's my art, you know, that's my, that's my use of martial skills together. So, um, it's, it's all fighting, but some people definitely, I don't know, it's just different for some people. Some people, they don't think about it deeply and some people do choose to, but I do think it's basically the same thing.
0: Now, winning the, winning the belt sort of puts you on this trajectory. Um, do you see yourself going pro at some point or?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's always the goal from the start uh i do see myself going pro a couple of my coaches have already urged me and said like hey you're good enough to go pro already you know you should do it um but personally i just wanted to iron out a few more things i have i'm set for an amateur fight in june and i'm going to definitely go through with that see how i feel and you know whether i win or lose won't determine whether i feel like i'm ready to go pro it'll be certain mental cues um certain preparation things that if they're correct and they feel correct, then I'll be like, okay, this is, this is, a, I'm at the professional level, you know, I'll be ready to go. So, yeah.
0: Now, as far as like mindset goes, like once you have an opponent, um, you know, what's the sort of process as far as like keeping yourself calm and focusing on the right things and because, uh, I mean, you know, some of the experiences I've had, like once you have a, a it's like there's always the abstract idea of fighting, right? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I want to fight, so I want to fight. But then once you actually have a date and, like, an opponent that you're supposed to face, it suddenly becomes super real. And, <laughs> yeah. and you start <laughs> thinking about things at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. how do you – like, what's your methods of coping with that mentally? Like, what's the mental sort of process you go through with that? Well,
1: I, man, there used to be no mental process at all, just complete – chaos you know what i mean like what the fuck am i doing (laughs) (laughs) like what am i thinking but you know i think now it's 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 very much realizing not i don't know not being sentimental about it and not making it more into what it is right because we're both human uh the feelings i'm feeling are very likely the feelings he's feeling as well right so you kind of you kind of tell yourself that um, but also, I think the biggest help for me is, is that, you know, they say like, oh, you got to keep calm and you got to you got to do this and you got to do that. And you don't want to be too. Honestly, I've, I've kind of realized that emotions, feeling anxious and feeling afraid and feeling excited or feeling like these aren't necessarily things you want to clamp down on too hard. You know, like in, in, in a sense, they're the feeling of being alive, you know, so you don't want to completely dull yourself to that. You want to kind of let it come. I let, them, I let them come you know and, and if I'm feeling overwhelmed I train if I'm feeling excited I train if I'm feeling anxious I train and you know the days go by and eventually you fight and like I said you in reality there's no experience that's good or bad we kind of decide what's good or bad Right. you know right, right. so if I'm feeling anxious it's not necessarily a bad thing It's it's like this is what I'm here for you know I'm here to feel this I'm here to you know feel what it's like to get punched in the face I'm here to have this experience and hopefully come out the other side as the victor so I don't want to shut myself off to that. I want to let that kind of come and use it. So that's that's my approach to it.
0: Now your your last victory was a submission victory. Yes. Now is that something? Are you would you consider yourself more of a grappler or like sort of wherever the where or wherever the opportunity arises, you'll take that opportunity.
1: Yes, I definitely think I'm a I'm a grappler first. I okay. think my 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 art my art goes definitely more toward the grappling side. Like even in Muay Thai, if if. Uh, if I'm fighting a Muay Thai fight with is a striking art, there's grappling involved. You know, like clinching is grappling. No, well, actually,
0: today, like, we have, I don't know how many rounds we did, but you, you and I, you were the only guy I cl- clinched with. Yeah. And it was like, you know, that was something that sounds, felt very natural for you to do, is to clinch and... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it, I think something about grappling and just how my mind works, I think people will gravitate to like how their mind tends to work. Some people, you ever see like some people that say, oh, well, that person gets it. You know, something about grappling, I just feel like I get it easier than right. I get other stuff. So I always look to grapple, whether I'm boxing, whether I'm doing Muay Thai, whether I'm just straight up wrestling, you know, that's where I feel at home. So if I have an opportunity, I'll definitely go for it.
0: So when your next uh your next fight is in June, you're saying? Yep. And then you have an opponent, everything's all set up.
1: Yeah. I don't know if the opponent is confirmed yet. Um, but I'm I'm confirmed. Uh I, I thought I I think I had an opponent. And I'm not sure if they are still uh, contracted to fight, right? Uh, because I haven't heard from the promoter in a few weeks. Okay, uh, I hope they are. So as far as I know, I yes, I do have I, I have a fight, and uh, you know they, they might shuffle opponents for me, but you know I'll be I'll be ready for whoever that is.
0: So you know, the whole the whole process of getting fights, and you know this whole uh, you know, Say you want you want say anyone out there is listening to this and they're training and they want to fight how's what's the process of getting that stuff worked out well there's
1: there's a couple there's like two main ways you could go about this right so one you could get off your couch call a promoter and say hey i want to (laughs) fight and they they put you against a guy that they know is going to smash you yeah you know uh you don't want to usually go about it that way but there, believe it or not there are a lot of people that do that Um, they just straight up they don't train they just call promoters tell them they want to fight and they have like they have, like, a lot of fights, but just awful records. You know, we call them, we call them feeders, Featers. you know, because, like, if you have a guy who is good and, let's say, they have potential to go to the UFC, right? you know, the UFC usually wants you to have a big, nice, pristine record, sure. you know. Yeah. So, like, you'll see a guy who's, like, 12-0, and 0, and if you look at, if you see a guy that's 12-0 and, and you look at his record, chances are there's a, at least one or two guys, maybe more, that are on there that are just, like... Just
0: total cans. Yeah, just yeah. fucking cans, man. Yeah. Like,
1: what, is, what on earth are they doing in a gauge? But if you want to do it the right way, what I think is the right way, um, you go to a gym uh, with a good coach or someone you, you feel like has what it takes to you know really you connect with. That's really important that you connect right. with the coach and that you connect with the gym culture. Sign up. Pay your dues. Train for however long your coach wants you to train before he thinks you're ready and you can go in there and not get your you know, your neck knocked off. Uh, and then yeah, your coach should take care of it from there. It, but make you gotta make sure you got a good coach who's really looking out for you. Uh, you know, and, and the coach should take care of it for you. So in the best case scenario, you're just going and training and enjoying training and it'll kinda come on its own.
0: Is there this thing where I know I know in some promotions like you know, certain gyms that they sell tickets and you know, is there is there an aspect like that as well or you know, like for example down like I'll just use an example of like Friday Night Fights down this, yeah. down in New York. Like, there's certain gyms I, I was noticing a lot, of, a lot of there'd be a lot of a big representation of certain gyms down there. Yeah. And it turns out that these guys are selling like a lot of tickets, so yeah. it's easier for them to get their fighters like on cards and that kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: that's definitely that's definitely the case. Like, uh, let's say that there's a promotion here, right? And there's a, I think it happens more when you have guys that have been around for a while, you know. So let's say. There's you know, like Friday Night Fights, for example. I don't know how they operate or whatever, but if they've got local guys, Mm -hmm. right? Well, the local guys, their friends and family are going to come every time. Right. So they're going to sell a lot of tickets in that regard, right? So if you have a local guy who needs a fight, but they can't find anyone, well, that's much easier to fly them out somebody, right? Like you could go and find someone from maybe across the country, fly them in to fight because their ticket sales are going to cover the cost of flying that person out. So in that, in the very, in like, it's kind of practical. I don't blame promotions for having to do that, you know what I mean? Because it's practical. Yeah. Whereas if you got, you're flying in two guys who nobody locally knows and they really don't care to see, you make, you have a much harder time making money off that. So that's definitely an aspect of it. And that's just business. I yeah, don't, totally. I don't, yeah, I don't fault the promotions for doing that.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's just another interesting aspect of this whole game, really. Yeah. that, that sort of commerce part of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's part of, I
1: mean, it's part of prize fighting really yeah uh and that's what i'm saying you got to separate from my opinion you got to separate love of the art for love of the the fighting and the cash like if you want if another thing for anyone's listening if you want to fight because you want to get rich and like want to have something glamorous do not fight (laughs) do not fight it is the least glamorous fucking most just it's not that if you but if you love fighting or if you love martial arts and it it improves your life makes you feel good about yourself you know gets you out of a hard place in your life right then definitely do it if not then if you don't love this then you don't do not do not try it you're gonna get hurt how did I, how did you meet coach roger
0: um
1: coach roger what do you think oh so i was so when we were at speed school we were yeah. kind of again we were looking for like someone to come in and help coach us, you know, like similar to when team alpha male, they didn't have a coach, yeah, you yeah. know, they were just kind of coaching yep. each other. So they were looking for a coach. We were in the same boat. We we're just looking for someone to kind of come in, take over the teaching aspect and, you know, a little bit of guidance. Um, so me and one of my grappling coaches, Chris, we went down to Bridgeport, to check out, we were just checking out some academies. And we walked into a uh, crew brothers, GF team. And Roger wasn't teaching at the time he just happened to walk through the lobby and I was just started talking to me and say, like, Hey, I'm Angelo. And he was like, Oh, Hey, I'm coach Raj. Or he introduced himself as coach Raj, yeah, but yeah. you know, introduced himself, Roger Denton. I had already heard of him. You know, it's hard not to know about Roger Denton in Connecticut if you're involved in martial arts. And, uh, if you're involved in martial arts or you go to any bars, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to hear about Roger.
0: Yeah. He's got, he's got a big personality. I would say for sure. Yeah, for definitely. sure. Great guy though. Great yeah, guy. Very, okay. very good. Solid dude. Yeah.
1: It, uh, you know, people, People, I think, have the wrong idea about him, honestly. He's just, he's been so solid, you know, and really helped us out. Guy would, If he likes you, he'd give the shirt off his back for you, for sure. If he doesn't like you, then I don't know. <laughs> you might want to be careful. But, uh, yeah, great guy. And just, just kind of ran into him by chance. And, you know, he asked me if I was a fighter. I said, yeah. And he said, hey, let's let's work together, you know. And that just, literally, just like that. Didn't know me. Didn't know who I was, where I was coming from. Just, you know, we, he just, he's that, he's that motivated about martial arts, you know, when he just meets someone who's a martial artist, he wants to exchange ideas, and and uh, so yeah. So now we got him. He comes here to Golden Falcon a couple times a week, tunes up our grappling and our MMA skills. One of the most knowledgeable people I've met in my life, and I've met some very knowledgeable
0: people, and he's one of the top for sure. One one of the things I like about Coach Rogers, uh, like the repertoire that he out. I mean, you know, I, I like train grappling here and there. I'm not I don't consider myself much of a grappler, but like. You know, one of the cool things about what his his approach is, he, he combines like a lot of wrestling. You know what I mean? Which I think, as far as MMA goes, is like, you know, a, a very important component. You know, like if you go to like say a, a school that's focused on the gi mainly, like yeah. they're not really running those like takedown sequences the way yeah. Coach Roger like presents that. You know what I mean? you're one
1: hundred percent right. When I first started training jujitsu, my my takedowns in wrestling was anemic. You know, I didn't know what the, really what the hell to do. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. I would dive at someone's legs, sure, but it wasn't yeah. like good wrestling. You know totally, what I mean? Totally, it wasn't. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's a big X factor because you'd be surprised. Even in MMA gyms, they'll have. I've been in a few MMA gyms. where they'll have a, a striking program and a jiu-jitsu program, but the programs don't feed into each other, right? Yeah. It's a it's a traditional Muay Thai program mm-hmm. and a traditional gi jiu-jitsu program where they talk about pulling guard and, and bolos and shit right. like that. Which is not practicalness. So yeah. yeah. And then a Muay Thai program where they don't take into account grappling and anything like that. So he really bridges that gap for us, you know, where he says like, hey, your striking will intersect with your grappling here. Yeah. Your wrestling will intersect with your jiu-jitsu here. It just, that, that's MMA, man. That's, that's how it's supposed to be done.
0: Yeah. And also, just to bring it up, this gym, no, we don't never trained in the gi, so it's strictly no gi. All no gi. Yeah. All Just no gi. Anyone, Dude, anyone in the Connecticut area is thinking about coming here wearing a gi. You, you can leave that at home.
1: I mean you're welcome you're <laughs> welcome to throw it on after class. We're not
0: <laughs> we're not, you know,
1: uh racist against the gi or anything <laughs> like that, you know. <laughs> but it's it's not well, our you gotta look at the goal of the gym, right? Our right. goal is to make the best possible MMA fighters there you know, there is. So it's it's not that the gi is useless for that. It's just it just feels like our time is better spent working
0: with how we'll be in the cage. It's just a different sport, really. For sure, I mean, you know, pretty much. So for sure, I agree with that. So now, as far as like social media out there, where can people find you if they want to check check out your fights, like what's going on, you know, support you somehow?
1: Uh, Facebook, uh, Angelo Richardson. Uh, no no weird nicknames. <laughs> okay. Um, just Angelo Richardson again. I post you know just random stuff up there uh my instagram kind of focuses more on the fighting stuff so that's phantom 93 underscore and yeah that's where if you want to look at the you know if, if you want to look at the fighting stuff and see what's coming up next i put all that stuff up there put it on facebook too but on facebook there's memes politics random stuff you know so yeah both places are good to reach me
0: and the gym what's uh what's online what's the online presence for the gym
1: we got uh there's a there's a gym Facebook page, it's just Golden Falcon Gym, I'm pretty sure. And same thing, Golden Falcon Gym on Instagram. So I think on Instagram there's no spaces. You just type in the whole name. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we're on Instagram and Facebook as well.
0: And anyone out there that's follows me on Instagram, uh, you can find Golden Falcon under under my stuff I follow too, if you're interested in that.
1: There you go. You probably got you probably got a bigger following than I do, I bet. <laughs> 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 yeah, look like the I so saw your Facebook uh facebook thing you look like the punisher man <laughs> the you're, punisher. you're a scary looking dude man i was like is this the guy i trained with this guy looks much nicer in real life i know real life i look like a nicer guy right?
0: <laughs> yeah well anyway champ thanks a lot man i appreciate it thank you brother really appreciate it thanks a lot brother have a good, yeah. good afternoon you too
2: on